Ready to form Voltron! This is a job for Superman. Power Rangers! Right away, Michael. Autobots, transform! By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! I'm the Doctor. and welcome to the 36th episode of Charlie's Geek Cast. I am your host, Charlie Niemeyer, and we are returning back to the year 1993 to take a look at Batman Adventures number 15. Batman Adventures had an on-sale date of November 2nd, 1993, so we're going to take a quick look at some of the comics that came out in November of 1993. First off, we have Action Comics number 694, which is the part two of the Spilled Blood trilogy bringing in high-tech to deal with Superman. Aquaman Time and Tide number one came out, starting to bring more focus to Aquaman and bringing Peter David onto the book. Batman Adventures had its very first collection, Batman The Collected Adventures Volume 1, of which there was only one volume back then, collected the first six issues of the series. Green Arrow 81 came out, starting up the Crossroads story. Jim Aparo started doing some penciling over on Green Arrow around this time after finishing up on Batman. In Justice League International number 59, it looks like uh, Power Girl is taking on Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Robin number two came out this month, and I believe that this month this story is involving him stopping some um, car... What do you call those? You know, the guys that uh, steal cars, take them apart, and sell the parts. Because I know all about that stuff. Batman Dark Joker, the wild hardcover came out. I believe this is, um, an, well, this is an Elseworlds story. I believe this is the Dracula Batman. Uh, Batman Two-Face Strikes Twice number two came out this month. Uh, once again, showing a classic looking cover of Batman taking on Two-Face. Metal Men number three came out using the classic Metal Men logo. I don't know if the other issues had those. Uh, the last issue didn't because they characters made up the metal men logo but this one has a uh, banner at the top that says reign of the missile men in the same font as reign of the supermen so you see where they're going with that uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. batman 503 as uh, batman uh, meeting up with catwoman for the first time and i believe catwoman number five also came out this month yes catwoman number five also came out this month there i think that sets her up for the uh, crossover, I don't think it has much to do with it. I know I had that issue because that cover looks very familiar. But I don't know exactly if um, how much of it is the crossover. Flash number 86 brings in the character Argus, which is basically kind of a, a guy trying to be Batman in, in Keystone City. 
Nightquest The Search continues in Batman's Shadow of the Bat number 23. Wonder Woman takes on Ares in Wonder Woman number 82. Superman The Man of Steel number 29 is the final part of Spill Blood, where they where Superman fights off against Bloodthirst, who is a weird-looking guy in a weird-looking costume. You know, it's funny. The 90s are known more for the for all the pouches and all the overdone costumes and the shoulder blades and everything. And this costume looks like it's from an S&M shop. Wow, that's disgusting. Anyway, Green Lantern number 48 kicks off the Emerald Twilight storyline where Hal Hal Rayner, Hal Jordan starts to go a little nuts and uh, will lead to the destruction of Oa and the destruction of the Green Lantern Corps Uh, and division among the fans of Green Lantern. Batman Legends of the Dark Knight number 56 continues the Watchtower storyline. I don't know much about it, but the art looks really weird. Superman number 85. Superman visits the Toy Man. We learned why he's gone dark. Oh, and Cat Grant has to decide if she wants to uh, take the Toy Man's life or not. Adventures of Superman number 508 is an offbeat tale. Of Superman teaming up with the Challengers of the Unknown in a story that literally takes place between two different panels of an old Silver Age Challengers comic. It's kind of interesting. Detective Comics number 670. uh, The new Batman meets Mr. Freeze. uh, And Showcase 94 number 1 focuses on the Joker, the New Gods, and Gunfire with a really nice looking cover of the Joker by Kevin Nolan. Not everyone's going to like it, but I think it looks pretty cool with the Joker smiling with his tongue sticking out. All right, and that's it for the comics from that month. So what we're going to do is take a quick break, play a promo or something. And when we come back, we will start off our comic book. Hi, I'm John Wilson. And I'm Michael Kaiser. And we're the hosts of the podcast Make Ours Marvel. You know, here we are in 2018, 10 years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, can you believe we live in a world where everyone's old Aunt Petunia knows who Iron Man is? It's crazy, right? So, to celebrate, we're on a mission to explore the roots of the Marvel Universe. You know you've thought about it. Some of you may have even done it, and now we're going to do it too. We're diving back into the long boxes of Marvel's history and podcasting our way through the whole universe. All of it. Every superhero issue. And, if I can convince Mike, we'll even do Sergeant Fury. And it's not going to be one issue per episode. That'd take forever. (laughs) It's still going to take forever. But no, we're going to talk about as many comics as we can in an hour. Yep, an hour and, you know, maybe a little change. Every week, Marvel Comics. So it'd be super cool if you came along for the ride. Look for us every Friday at MakeOursMarvel.com. That's MakeOursMarvel.com. Or on iTunes and all the other usual podcasty places. And if you want to read along with us and send us your thoughts, we might even read emails. So until Avengers Infinity War gets a spin-off Warlock and the Infinity Watch TV show, make ours Marvel. Fox Kids is what? Fox Kids is cool!
Batman Adventures number 15 had a cover date of December 1993 and an on-sale date of November 2nd, 1993, with a cover price still of $1.25. The title of the issue is Badge of Honor, written by Kelly Puckett, penciled by Mike Paraback, inked by Rick Burchett, colored by Rick Taylor, lettered by Tim Harkins, assistant edited by Darren Vicenzo, and edited by Scott Peterson. Late one night, Commissioner Gordon is visited by three of Rupert Thorne's men at his home. It turns out that one of his men, Officer Miller, who was working undercover in Thorne's mob, has been discovered. Gordon has 24 hours to give up all the info he received from Miller, or Miller's going to die. That's 24 hours, basically, for Gordon to find and rescue Miller, but Miller's mission was highly classified, so he can't bring the whole force in on this one. He can, however, bring in the Batman. Since he got Miller into this mess in the first place, he wants to be the one to track him down, but he figures that because he got so close, Thorne's going to be the one that wants to take him out, so he wants Batman to shadow Thorne and prevent the murder if Gordon fails. Pouring over some of Miller's files, Gordon decides that Tony Weasel, or Weasel, Weasel, a lieutenant in Thorne's inner circle, is his best lead. So he goes to Weasel's club, takes out his men, and threatens to charge Weasel with selling liquor without a license, unless he gives up Miller's location. Rather than spend even a short amount of time in jail, because he's not really a tough guy, Weasel gives Gordon the info. And I have said Weasel, Weasel three different ways. I don't know which way it is. All I know is the cell part is supposed to have the emphasis. So Weasel, 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 uh, anyway, moving on. At a warehouse, Gordon finds Miller tied up with a bunch of Thorne's men playing cards. He counts the guys, sees their guns on the table, and decides he's going to take them out real quick. So he surprises them, manages to corral them, but when counting the men, he actually missed one. This guy was in the bathroom and is able to sneak up on Gordon, knocking him out with a cart. He comes to pretty quickly, but given his age and this new headache he has now, uh, he's unable to fight his way out, saying that if he gets one more shot like that, he's going to be knocked out, and then they give him two. When he wakes up, he finds himself in Thorne's office. Now, Thorne was in the middle of a meeting with a representative of the O'Leary Brothers of Detroit, and he was questioning Thorne's ability to actually handle Batman and the cops. So Thorne has him stick around and see how he handles things with the commissioner of police and the undercover officer. First off, we find out how Miller's cover was blown, and apparently he was sent to go rough up a numbers guy. And what happened was that it turns out that the numbers runner was a kid, so he let him go, and then the kid reported him to Thorne. You just can't trust anyone in the mob these days. Thorne is about to kill Gordon when he receives a punch from behind. It turns out that the O'Leary rep is actually Batman in disguise. While Batman deals with Thorne's men, Gordon prevents Thorne from killing Miller. And it's really cool because, basically, he knows Thorne doesn't want to die. And basically... No matter what Thorne does at this point, even though he's holding a gun to Miller's head, either way, he's going to get shot and he's going to be killed. So Thorne just kind of gives up. Uh, outside later, Gordon thanks Batman for his help and for saving his life, and Thorne is arrested again, and Miller is free to resume his normal life. You know, this book is supposed to be all ages. This one's a little more adult, only because of all the fact, you know, that we go to a club with liquor and... Um, Lots of mob stuff. Uh, I don't know if a kid would have enjoyed it as much, but it's, you know, for um, a guy that's almost 40, it's not bad. 
So first off, we look at the cover, and I think this would have gotten some attention. Basically, you've got Commissioner Gordon tied to a chair. Uh, his hair's all messed up. He's surrounded by a bunch of nicely dressed gentlemen. Basically, uh, you know, classic mobster guys. And all but one of them has a gun. The one that doesn't is getting his knuckles ready for uh, good old punching. And uh, basically, the spotlight is on Gordon. It's really cool, dramatic-looking cover. And I think it probably uh, would have caught my attention, or probably yours too. Now, this issue has uh, Gordon get a little tough with people, which we don't normally get to see him do in any version of Gordon. Well, I say that. Maybe in Gotham, but I didn't watch Gotham, so I don't know. Anyway, we start off with those guys um, telling them about the Officer Miller. and what he, uh, Basically, we've got the guys visiting him telling them about Officer Miller. And basically, he's saying to himself, he really should be level-headed and make it look like he'll play along, but he can't. And when the guy, when this little needly guy puts the gun in Gordon's face, he literally grabs the guy's wrist, punches him in the face, then puts him in a headlock while pointing the guns at the other two guys that are there and tells them to drop their guns and then kicks them out, telling him that he's got to tell Thorne he's got a deal. Gordon is tough. Now, page five. This this I really like. Okay, last issue, last episode, I told you I was talking about how it looked like Batman actually managed to trust Gordon to tell him that he was going out of town and that he was leaving Robin behind. This time out, Batman thinks Gordon is going to send him to find Miller, but Gordon is actually trying to tell him, no, I'll handle it. And Batman's like, I understand. What do you want me to do? I mean... He's like a friend. It's so crazy. A good friend. Anyway, moving on. Uh, page 7, we have one of those comic book tropes. We have a file that was typed, supposedly typed up by uh, Detective Miller. And um, it's a file on this Tony Weissel, Weissel, Wessel. And it's got a picture of him, a paperclip to the file. And all of the words are typed around the picture. Now, maybe this is something that's done uh, on a police thing so that they can put the picture on and it'll fit and not run over. But this is just one of those kinds of comic book things where if you, any part you see is going to fit, is going to have all the words in the letter or whatever. This happens in letters that are written, um, especially back in the day. So, yeah, this is kind of a trope, I think. I could be wrong. Oh, we also learned, thanks to a picture on his desk, that Officer Miller has a wife, either has a wife and a daughter, or has a young daughter and an older daughter. I can't tell. Now, uh, next up, we have Gordon showing up at the club. He literally forces his way in with a badge. And then, I mean, he knocks out one guy with his with the butt of his gun. Or actually, he doesn't knock him out. He He hits him in the face with it and grabs his gun. So now he's got two guns. And tells them all to stay back and to leave so he can talk to Weasel privately. You don't see this with Gordon. And then, of course, we have him taking on the uh, the guys at the card table. He could have handled this. I mean, first off, the guy that one of the guys that's holding him, he cracks the guy's kneecap. And he's he looks like he could have fought his way out of there. He got he gets a few good hits in. Uh, three or four anyway. But the problem is there's too many guys, and he's just a little too old. 
He's not that old, but, you know, he's older, so he just can't move as fast. Doesn't have the stamina he once had. Well, it's fortunate, though, with all these kicks and punches, he'd been losing his teeth. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know. I would be interested to hear this on the show uh, when Thorne is meeting with the representative from the Aluri Brothers to see if he's supposed to have an accent. It's not written like he does, like an Irish accent or something. I started reading it that way, but then that quickly went away. It would just be interesting to see if you, if the guy's supposed to be Irish or not. Usually, if he is, they write it that way, you know, enunciation and phonics. But this doesn't have that. So that's it for the issue. Uh, the winners of free art in this issue are Kathy Meyer from a town I can't read from in, in Idaho, who is a new reader. And also Brian Van Dyke from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Something I can pronounce. He even uh, kind of cuts down on the on the book a little bit, but it was a well-thought-out, intelligent letter. So they gave him a copy. Anyway, uh, next issue. The Joker's back, and you're gonna be in trouble. Is even Batman prepared for Joker, the comic book? Find out in The Killing Book by Kelly, Mike, Rick, Rick, and Tim. See you then. Signed, Scott Peterson, Watcher of the Skies. And uh, going out, we're going to have the number one song the week this was released, which is I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. So thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's Geekcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening, and good night. Some days it don't come hard Some days it don't come hard